If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Post-COVID. Post-COVID shows that the technology industry is the trending industry. And this is what we said in one of our shows almost 12 months ago, that it's very important for us to understand where this situation is going. Where's the opportunities? Where are they coming from? And those opportunities are going to define where people should put their money to have maximum returns. And not just that. Governments have to be willing and able to step up to understand the fact that how we live, how we work, how we sell, how we eat has changed. And this creates a whole new opportunity for a whole different people. And so uh, I welcome everybody to the show. You want on one of King Coco show. Our subject of today is startup, best 10 best startups in Africa. And between me and you, nine of them is in the technology space. So I welcome my panelists. Can you just say your name? And welcome to the show. How are you today? Yo, Coco, this is Bush. Whoa, my man, how are you? Good, good, good. Hi, ah, the uh, city of Canada. What's going on with you, man? Nice to have you on the show. Oh, wow, still snowing. So I'm just chilling. Awesome. Nice Welcome, man. Uh, we're good. We're good. And uh, I hope you guys are hacking there very well because uh, COVID is no, it's no joke, you know. COVID has done a whole lot of hard work across the world. So I thank God for everybody that has made it through to this point because uh, it's only by special grace that most of us are here because we're still very vulnerable like everybody else. So welcome to the show. Uh, the subject we are talking about today is the best 10 uh, startup ventures in Africa. And sometime 12 months ago on the show, we had actually, uh, we had a show we said called Winners and Losers post-COVID. And we all agreed on that show. It was a probably well-attended panel. We all agreed on that show that the winners of post-COVID is going to be the tech industry. Because the mere fact that everybody had to operate from a distance from how we eat and how what we buy and where we buy shops are closing requires that digital infrastructure be put in place to keep mankind living seamlessly and that created the opportunity that we talk about on that show but ironically i keep saying i can say all at one i could educate us all at one but what we do with the knowledge that we get out of these shows is what really matters because today we can see that the work itself has changed. How the work has changed. Everybody's more or less, most people are now doing almost 60% remote work and virtual working, which calls for a whole new mentality of work. It calls for a whole new infrastructure to deliver the same capabilities of working as if we are on site. So this has further been highlighted by projections of startups ventures in Africa. And we all should understand the fact that 
one of the frontiers that needs all the investment today is the African continent. One, why? Because Africa is going to become a major manufacturing hub because of the experience of dealing with China as a major supply chain hub. We can understand what all happened during the COVID situation where once China shut its border, the entire universe almost went to lockdown because we were all dependent on China as a major supply hub. And that has now brought a lot of awareness to the vulnerability of the entire world, depending on only one source of supply. So now, this show we're talking about is going to open our eyes a little more into the possibilities that brings Africa to play. And most of it revolves around the technology industry. So uh, I thank you guys for being tenacious to follow this show because uh, it's very important we get this knowledge, but it's equally as important what we do with the knowledge. Otherwise, it, it, it would have been no good. Don't forget, we created this show to uh, educate, sensitize, and get our people to understand what are the trends in the global situation. And we all agree that in the last 12 months, the big 10 tech companies has earned over $1 trillion. I mean, $1 trillion is not a joke in any language. And it's only the organization that were adaptive, digitally designed, are the ones that are benefiting. So what does that tell us? We need to start rethinking what and where we want to put our money in. Otherwise, it's going to be as good as chasing the wrong thing at the right time. And it's not going to give you that return as much as you deserve. So right now, there's a whole lot of business thinking that's going on. We have to look at enterprise operation. We have to look at agile approach to project management. We have to look at lean approach to manufacturing because since the world has changed, it's not going to be back. A whole lot of opportunities that were there before COVID will never come back. And we can all agree that there are lots of different opportunities that have been created post-COVID. So it's left for us to understand where do we put in, what do we know, or what do we know, how, where does it fit? Or if I have my funds, I want to invest, where will this go? So let's get back to the root of our discussion today, uh, the, 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 the 2010 venture capital opportunities in Africa. And I want to take the first one. Ironically, this is the one that I am fully, fully involved, and I see it as a major disruption. It's, uh, it's, the, it's uh, 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 the application platform that was created by some Africans that is so awesome. Uh, this platform is already on on WhatsApp, is already on on uh, Apple Store, is on a Play Store right now. You can go download uh, Vianal, V I A N I N I L E, Vianal.com. Vianal.com is an awesome, awesome integrated social economic platform. It is the only platform that starts you off from showing you where you can make money from the first page. To the last page. You have all kinds of monetization at all levels. So I want you all to go check out vinyl.com. Download it from the App Store. It's on iOS and everywhere you can get it. Because I see that as one of the first disruptions post-COVID. What is vinyl? Vinyl is a digital infrastructure with the full capabilities of Facebook and Amazon on one platform. But it's further going to have what they call the affiliate marketing, affiliate network management program. 
which helps you attract a lot of people to your platform by the mere fact that they stand to benefit from people that come on that platform. So this is an opportunity that I see as a major disruption that's going to happen in, 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 the, in the business space, in social media space, in education space, in celebrity stardom space, because viral has equally come with what they call uh, celeb collab, where they collaborate with celebrities on their pages to put a lot of money in their pocket and create opportunity for them to give back to their fans while their brand and advertisers are able to actually make money and not just show. So they help you show and sell at the same time. And, 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 and the celebrities now have the opportunity to be able to monetize their, their star fellowship. It's an awesome platform. I, I want people to go and check it out because I think uh, with this particular solution, uh, Facebook uh, dominance will actually be threatened. Amazon total dominance of making 260 something billion dollars in the months of in 12 months alone is going to be threatened. So this is very important opportunity to look at because you can be an early riser. And right now, Vinyl are doing a first 10 million followers to benefit from a lifetime uh, family membership of one sort or the other. So I recommend people to go check it out. Vinyl is hot. I think it's one of the major disruptions that go take over. They go do a lot. It's not just and before I forget, Vinyl again is donating. 75% of their profit towards an African development scheme to be managed by the early birds on the platform. So go check it out, jump on that platform as soon as you can, download it and get registered. It's digitally set up and I bet you, you will be part of the management team for the African Development Committee they have set up. I'm aware of what that platform is, is capable of, and I want to share that on the show. So tell me that you heard it first on the show. Yes. Are you, what are you talking about? How are you doing? Do what is it again? Vinyl. Vinyl is V-I-A-N-I-L-E. Vinyl. Vinyl. Kind of. We're going through the Nile. It's an awesome technology. I've never seen such an integrated platform, and I encourage people to go check it out, and I get your people to go download it because I see that as the first disruption. The next big thing that I think is happening, uh, which is uh, trending pretty well, this one happened sometime in uh, in uh, October last year, was the was the space was the um, Paystack acquisition by Stripe. Paystack is a payment gateway that was paid for two hundred that that is dominating the African economy and different currencies in Africa. is a Nigerian uh, developer's uh, concept, which came out pretty well and was bought by Stripe for, for, for 200 million. And that's something interesting that you can sit back in Africa and write programming language and create a, a product that some company working and pay you $200 million. What does that tell us? Still back to what we said, digital, Transformation is the key for the contemporary society. If you are not able to digitally transform your operation, your dynamics, then you are likely to be wiped out with no time. So we encourage our brothers and sisters to look at where they want to invest. You might not have enough information, but it's very important you interact with a resource person that understands the dynamics of digital transformation so you can actually key into it. It doesn't make sense trying to invest on a subject matter that is no longer trending which is what we're doing because we don't seem to believe in each other. I want to share knowledge with each other. So, uh, Bush, 
Uh, I want to ask you something. Are you there with me, Bush? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got you, Coco. Uh, you, you know, uh, you have an idea from. I know you're calling from Canada. What do you think is the likelihood of where uh, the post-COVID uh, investment opportunities are going to be higher? I know you have a very vast knowledge of this industry. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, it's still going to be the tech. It's still going to be the tech, but you know, I think uh, I, we are looking at more of the challenges than the opportunities because um, since we don't have um, infrastructure and infrastructure is expensive, we are looking at ways to actually do the infrastructure, maybe as a public option. Because I'm seeing models in America and Canada that people come together and actually float the company, the public. So maybe we need to, Africa needs to look at that kind of finance model where public can actually buy shares in a particular company or float an infrastructure company. So those are the areas we're looking at because since um, it's hard for us to even do feasibility, good feasibility studies to attract funding from abroad. So we might have to look at the option of uh, doing the public because of infrastructure, because uh, tech is, actually we know tech is going, we need to be able to have the infrastructure to be able to compete. But since I know. we don't have that kind of I totally so, agree with you. That's always been a problem. But the good thing about technology today is such that um, you don't have the domicile, your tech infrastructure, in America, because virtually everything has gone virtual and remote. And uh, with internet, uh, people could easily operate from everywhere. But fundamentally, it's important we address the infrastructure in terms of uh, power support so that most of these uh, operations can be domiciled within the continent. I have one of my regular contributors on the line. Uh, Chief Okosi, how are you doing, Prof? Is it there, Prof? How are you? I think his line is his line is bad. So, Bush, let me get back to you on that. Uh, I, I just mentioned a particular solution. Uh, I want you guys to look at it because I think that's an awesome opportunity. You know, because I play with it, and I can tell you that the capabilities that those guys have been able to put on one platform is so awesome. And I, I, I already wrote a piece on it calling it the disruption post-covid disruption because it provides the kind of capabilities that you'll be amazed on one particular solution it's got some elements of whatsapp on it with a, a whole lot of capabilities of facebook on it and then the amazon model on it is what is mind-blowing because that has really made me understand the fact that uh, the total dominance of amazon when it comes to drop shipping uh, when it comes to the business model they have, they've been enjoying for years, it's about to be looked at critically by another player. And this player is actually coming out of Africa. And I want to share another information with you guys today. Uh, on, on the platform belong, uh, they've highlighted the fact that a lot of investment, you're aware that America spent over 10, 10 almost billion in, 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 uh, in, uh, in palliative to companies, to small time businesses, and most of these businesses are looking at where to invest this money. So at this point, uh, Africa seems to be a, a major target for where they're looking at putting this money. But we now at that continent need to understand how do we position the continent to benefit from this flow of Because nobody's going to take this money to China. 
China is already a spent neighborhood. Uh, Europe itself does not have the workforce support. And the United Nations projection highlights that by the year 2035, over 50% of the global workforce come out of Africa. So it's just natural that investors, implementers of major projects that require this high-tech workforce will have to position themselves somewhere close to Africa. But now it takes us to another notion that the continent, the leadership itself, has to equally up their game and ensure that they take advantage of this projection. Because if that is not done, I don't see how that continent could play that role as projected by the United Nations. So, Bush, let me tell you, what do you think the continent should do to actually attract these investors, first of all, because they have the workforce, you know, it's a very youthful population of almost 65% under the age of 19. But it's very important what leadership does, what government does. And we see Rwanda that did a whole little bit of stuff and they're not training like crazy as if they're doing a whole lot of stuff. So what do you think other leadership in different countries of Africa should do to pull these investors and attract this kind of funds into the continent? Okay, uh, with my little um, understanding of uh, what the challenges are, mostly uh, when it comes to the inside, we need a lot of security. We need to be secure, first of all. People need to know that their investment is secure. So the government must invest in securing species, places, routes, trade routes. To know that, oh, I'm putting my money in Africa and I can't secure this thing. That's one. Number two, um, I see that the governments are not doing a lot in in uh, global management services, business services, which is the communication between Africa and the West. Uh, for example, let me give you an instance. Um, we are, I'm opportunity to have some people looking to invest in Africa at the moment. But do you know that since two months now, we have not been able to see a feasibility study to put in front of these people? I've spoken, I've actually met, you know, spoken to some governors. I think, give me the feasibility. But the problem is they don't have any ready before they, they want to, they want to, the investor to commit before they invest in a feasibility study. So you see, it can't work. It can't work that way. You know. So those are the areas that where I think uh, the government looks at mostly global uh, business management on that level, chartered accountants. You know, getting these people to come in, understanding, speaking the same language with the finance people. I think it will do a lot. Then security will do a lot. Now in the area of power, power is key. We're trying to see if we can attract a lot of solar energy people to go and manufacture that. So, because these are the areas, once this is done, I think every other thing will take shape. Yeah, I think you're perfectly on point because the, the attitude of business leadership in, in that continent sometimes could be very discouraging for foreign investors because if I'm willing to pull in a couple of millions of dollars or billions into the economy, we should be able to facilitate the process to be a little more easier for me. But when you deliberately create those bottlenecks, so which, which equally discourages investors, but the luck is just that apparently right now, Africa seems to have the workforce. Africa seems to have the energy looking for. Africa seems to have the, the, the raw materials because there's nowhere else you're gonna get most of this stuff apart from in Africa. But at the end of the day, a few countries that are positioned themselves properly will take advantage of it and a bunch and, of other countries exactly. that have this mentality. Like, right. But, but Rwanda, right. Rwanda has 
license office, a business license office in Canada, Botswana. So you see, that's why I do it because all their business is the language is right. It's with these investors. So whatever is done here is transported there. So you see, it's it's the same thing. So they feel confident. They speak to the government here. They don't need to fly there to say who is in charge of this. Give me this before you know. So it's it's it's, it's we still. So it's a lot of. I think it's a lot of uh, capacity building. A lot of awareness as we're going. You know. I think uh, a lot of like, yes, like, uh, you know, I think another thing I need to even highlight that. Let me just throw something because let's be interactive because I, I'm aware that if you can't even go to put a physical office, then why don't you create a virtual office for the whole world to be able to find out information without having to kill themselves or, or fall into the wrong hands, which is what discourages a lot of a lot of investors because if you have a digital platform that has it could help in the transparency of business registration, business operation, business opportunities in your continent. Then it's easy for me, who is flying in from Canada or America, to just log in and have a basic knowledge of the dynamics of how to go about certain things. But right now, I, I, I argue that we're trying to do something in the mining industry. There's virtually no information on how to go about it. What are the procedures of, 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 of registration and what are the possibilities of collaboration with existing people with the registration to save them time? These are stuff that we will use to estimate the transparency or the ease of doing business with some of these organizations, some of these countries. But that's not in place. So it's back to the same thing. We have a lot of workforce. Why do we create these offices all over the world? Let people have access to where they could find out stuff about how you pray. So uh, that's really interesting, you know, and uh, I don't know how, but I know we can recommend a couple of approach to it, but who do you recommend to? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, but uh, so, yeah, because uh, the, 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 as I think what, what uh, the private people are doing now, so some, even some private people can even take this idea up as uh, private businesses, you know? And um, I, I think it will, it will still right. serve, you know. But government doesn't support. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, they will try and kill it too. So that's just the issue. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it. I, think, I know your peculiar thinking is in line with what people have to go through doing business in Nigeria. And I hope that uh, they will embrace uh, Last year, sometime late last year, the country uh, adopted a policy of digitization, which I don't understand the full extent of what digitization is about. Is it really about automating and creating this automated system where information could be available at different locations for people to be able to make up their mind on what to do? But apparently, that is still not very clear. You know, so we can only understand what the digitization is at what level it is or what impact it will bring to the ease of doing business and transparency. Digitization Go ahead. Digitization, what are you saying? The digitization project still failed because um, I we were part of it. The digital switch take switch over, but it still failed because we could. What they wanted to do was take all the um, digitize all the broadcast um, all the broadcast um, like the stations. Like the way NCA is, like the way NCA is, you know, they still use their radio frequency. Right. 
Yeah, so they needed to digitize yeah. all those so that it will be numbered. So anywhere in the world, you can just press and get it. But they were not able to. No, but I think this particular, I think this, I uh, this, I uh, this, this policy came up sometime in October last year. Yeah, I were August. It had it really bothered on the MDAs digitizing their process of documentation and uh, and actually making uh, the filing process different. But for me, I don't think that's really the solution to, to bringing in opportunities or creating transparency. Because you cannot be transparent when you cannot automate your process, your validation process, your approval process. These are all processes that has to be automated. And the, the, the transparency should equally impact the, the cross ministry and agency interaction to get things easier and make jobs approval transparent and easy. But I don't think because I looked at the, the roadmap of the digitization framework and the and the minimum standard, and that was really laughable because I don't see how much that can change. Yeah, I know you too, you're talking about the broadcast, uh, digitization of the broadcast network in, uh, in Nigeria. That, happened, that was almost four or five years ago. But this is about uh, the digital digitization of operation which should actually be automation for as long as i'm concerned because when you say you're digitizing uh, already you had a few a few elements of digitization here and there how are they going to communicate uh is the ministry and all these agencies going to see to each other is the budget process uh going to tie up to all through the implementation phase and to the auditing pro process to ensure that you know what was supposed to be done was done by who at what cost and at what level is is, is the development or the or the project is in question so that's the real problem here you know so tell me a little bit about how has technology impacted the city you live because we all live in the western world i can tell you that things uh, when they say lockdown or shutdown the system is still functioning as if nothing has really touched it how is it really what is the impact coming from Nigeria within the past couple of years, and what's the transformation you had to deal with because of technology? Technology is, um, I think, uh, this, in the West, technology is everything because um, I hardly go out, I order from the house. Everything is centered in technology. The whole information alert system, if something is going on, you know, so it's, 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 it's really different. It's really empowering. You will see the, you you will you will notice it. You will feel it. You know, it's it's, it's everything is yeah. in your hand. Everything is with you. You don't need to ask anybody anything. You know, I I don't I I go to the hospital. I just when the doctor calls me, sends me my file. I send to the hospital. They already know the test. I get there. I do the test. I, you know, it's uh, it's seamless. I, I I agree with you, man, because I've had I, I I just came back, yeah, I just came back from from Nigeria sometime in December, and I can tell you that the experience out there is it's very very funny, because uh, technology they refuse to appreciate the fact that technology can impact that place so much, and I still believe that the hope of the African continent is for them to embrace technology hook and sinker because at this point if you cannot even understand have the information on the basic things of life your number your citizens 
uh, their location, how you can reach them. You will not talk about dispersing billions upon billions of money within a very short space of time without any framework. That is interesting and very scary for me because it means that you're not even ready to get things done because uh, it cannot just be business as usual where the whole world now depends on technology to deliver full capabilities in almost every areas of the economy. You are still struggling uh, with the whole idea of business as usual, trying to manage who does what, even when they don't have the full capacity. So we're all listening to what our King Coco show that runs on T25CL, the platform for music, 24-7 music uh, talk show. And we have a bunch of four other shows that runs on our platform at different times. So we welcome everybody for being tenacious to stay with us on the show. We promise that we'll keep this show running as much as we can because we believe this is the right thing to do. The people of African descent must start talking to each other, share the knowledge they have so that end of knowing what's really going, they know where to put their money, they know how to complement each other, create their own community, maintain their own economy, and ensure that they can equally compete because we cannot continue to be an endangered species because we don't just speak with each other. We are the only people that you 1.4 billion people globally in America, in the Caribbean, in, in, in America itself, and in Africa. And we're not talking. And as he said that, it will be very, very beneficial for the continent, for his people that left that continent 400 years ago to be back in that place to support what the continent is doing. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense that you have these people that have been so developed, so uh, so structured to bring value, and you don't make use of your people. So, Bush, let me tell, let me ask you something because sometimes you know okay. when you look at, yeah, when you look at the the collaboration among people of African descent, uh, because of the attitude of the continent itself, people are very uncomfortable to go to the continent. People are not very sure of where their where their role will be. How do you think? that the continent could be in a better position to encourage the reverse migration of people from Canada, from America, from the Caribbean, back to the continent to join in bringing whatever they have to support the development of that place. Okay. I think, um, like what, um, I, you know, like what Ghana did, the Great Return, I think it helped a lot with the transparency of uh, Workings of you know, with the, with the, with the great return, at least um, a lot of I think they had almost uh, 400,000 people, 400,000 new people come to Africa. So it was it was a good uh, I think with culture and tourism we can drive it, but we must we must work together to do that. It's so it's so it's so it's so crazy, man. Because uh, I just really feel by a lot of times on this show. A lot of times, I have a bunch of my my guests come and speak on a lot of issues. What can Africa do? What can Nigeria do? To uh, what can Nigeria do to 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 support to support the drift of, of of people back to the continent to support what they're doing? And and a lot of times we don't we don't really have a plan which makes us very, very laughable sometimes. And uh, it's very, very sad that we will not be able to put our acts together to appreciate the fact that we can turn that country around 
with investment from direct foreign direct investment, diaspora direct investment that comes, even the United Nations uh, goal, Sustainable Development Goals gave the goal number 17 that is called Global Partnership. That partnership was fitting there to support black folks from anywhere in the world going back to Africa under a protected status. But apparently Ghana has been able to, I know the president of Ghana went on the top of the Caribbean and part of America to, to see what he could educate them on the need to come back and, and, and invest in Africa. And that's why that, 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 that effort really paid off. But uh, nobody in Nigeria has made any effort in that direction. So uh, that's really crazy. You know, so what's the relationship with black folks in, in, in Canada? Uh, what's your mindset about the continent of Africa? Um, I think uh, I have a black folk with me. I think she can uh, answer that. What is your... Okay, she's, she's, she's Asian. What is your um, your relationship? What, what relationship would you want with Africa? Like being as a Asian from Canada? Can I just mention your name and tell us what you have in mind about <laughs> Africa, what do you know? What do you think would help us work together? What how do you think? Mention it, how do you think that all blacks can work together? That you're from India. What do you think about Africa? What do I think about Africa? Yeah, do you think you want to work in Africa? Definitely. I think Africa is the future. Africa is the future and there's many, many things we can do together as black people. I think Africa has a big part to play in uh, the the development of black people around the world. Definitely. For real, so what, what do you think the continent could put in place that will encourage more people from diaspora, Canada, America to be excited to look forward to going back to Africa? What do you think the leadership on ground should do? Well, opportunities to invest. I think definitely we would want to have opportunity to invest and have something that we build that we call our own, you know? So, oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Now, I'm pretty, I did not get your name, but apparently we are in a digital era. And I know that in the last 12 months, companies like Facebook, Amazon, WhatsApp, uh, Telegram, and uh, Apple, all these countries collectively made over $1 trillion. And there was no single African company in that picture. Uh, uh, what, what kind of technology do you think Africa should look into to be part? I don't know how deep you are in technology. Because when you say we should own something, I totally agree with you that we should own something. But it has to take the proper thinking to own that thing. So what do you think Africa can collectively build together to be able to start bringing people on board. Because I think technology is a very key area right now. What, what do you think Africa should build that would enable us, like, uh, it's attractive to you? Hmm, that's a good question. I have to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I have to think about it. Thank you very much. I appreciate, appreciate your contribution. But uh, uh, we were talking about uh, the, tw the 10 opportunities global in, in Africa for ventures and startups. And apparently nine of them is in the software industry. Uh, there is need for software delivery systems. Uh, there is need for apps, a whole lot of apps that we want to deliver all kinds of solutions. Uh, today, you know, 
there is uh, work is remote and virtual so you must have and it's no longer the virtual nature of the world is no longer a wired one it's not actually a remote virtual one that, that is run under the internet so it's there's important to get people up that understand the dynamics of virtual implementation remote access and the right technology that could provide people to work remotely and this is going to be a turning point because now you could actually sit in africa and work in silicon valley and vice versa could sit in canada and work in any african company that is one thing that we need to really launch on so mm -hmm. when i hear people talk about uh the the, the 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 distance or that there are no information we are almost at the same starting block right now globally where everybody after COVID is almost at the same starting block what you do now is going to impact what you're going to get and that i mean you need to get the right people who understand what to do to come in and help you do the right thing if you continue doing business as usual looking for your siblings or your friends to come and be the person that is helping you do technology when they don't even know or understand what is really happening out there then africa is not going to play a major role so that is why i, I created this show this show is called one on one king coco created to bring people of african descent to collaborate with each other work with each other talk to each other understand what are their deficiencies and see how they can create these solutions so thank you very much for your contribution so let me go back to my boy uh uh bush you know yes. so uh i appreciate your contribution but let me give you a last shot because i think we're just running out of time we still have about 10 minutes to go so it's pretty cool uh if opportunity is given that you you create something today what will you create for africa to sell there based on your knowledge here what kind of service do you think africa needs that will help us bring this integration create this communication gap so people can start interacting together actually for now i'm creating what they call a daylight company so the daylight company say that again say that again i'm creating what they call the daylight company daylight okay company. yeah it's based, based on the transparency of operations of africa so just to shine with i just believe that the continent is still dark so we need to shine more light into the continent for people to understand us we need to be understood properly. Some people think, you know, so how we do things, how they achieve things, business relations, you know, all the things we are talking about. So we need to create that company so that people can sit in their comfort of their homes in America and actually do business without going anywhere. And everything will work out without thinking, oh, am I? So it's more of the security platform to verify people because. I noticed that when you talk, when someone is talking with somebody in Africa, he doesn't trust them. So we need to be self-trust first. So that's the business model I'm going I'm into. I'll share with you when I'm ready so that uh, we can look at it. And well, yeah, I think you're, you're, you're totally on the right track because uh, I could see the 10 startups in Africa all through from agriculture to importation, they all built around uh digital infrastructures which is what provide that transparency the means of authenticating and verification which helps people now have the confidence to deal 
So if you are already in that in that space, then I think uh, the e-commerce platform will attract strategic buyers. Stripe acquisition of Paystack during the pandemic points to a rapidly maturing financial service and e-commerce market. And I think in 2020, online commerce is going to explode. And the only way Africa can, with this product, high level of production of raw material, which most times are really perishable, you must bring in technology to ensure that you can easily provide information on quantity and location so buyers could easily see what you have and see how they can tap in. Because these are all basic things in trading. Because I still I, I believe that uh, we, are not, we are not producing too much, but just that we are producing stuff that people don't know who is producing what and where what is produced. So automatically, you can have someone that could bring in tons of oranges, but you cannot synchronize the process of buying and collecting those oranges at one spot to be able to move it to Europe within a very short time or America. So you could still have a functional life cycle on the shelves in the stores over here, which is what Mexico has been doing. And they're now becoming a major trading partner. You know, Nigeria now needs to diversify its economy. Uh, Ghana now needs to diversify its economy. The oil is no longer the best product to chase after because with the pace that Wageland, Musk, and a couple of people are dropping new power solutions, it's going to actually impact on how much dependency is on oil. And at the end of the day, if nothing is done, then you may end up with a whole lot of oil that have nobody to buy. So, uh, Bush, I appreciate you on the show today. Uh, I, I, I like you at all times. This show runs uh, uh, every Sunday, 5 p.m. my time. You can reconcile that with your time. And, and let's keep talking, do some homework. Uh, we can host a couple of more people that are willing to understand more about Africa, ask critical questions. Let me ask, is your friend still there? Yeah, but yeah. Okay, so yes, uh, we want to have you again to come and tell us your perspective on what you think we could okay. do better. I know we just picked it was an impromptu discussion. Uh, I, Bush, I always share my, my invite with you. We'd like to have people who can come and tell us what we need to do from the continent of Africa to embrace our people back because everywhere you go in this world, as long as you're a black man, you have your origin in Africa. You know, I know you're from Haiti. I know a lot of, a lot of Haitians. Uh, I live with a bunch of them in Miami. A lot of them have their descent from Africa. Haitians and Jamaicans are mostly from Nigeria, yeah. as a matter of fact. From Nigeria, as a matter of fact. So it's very important to get to understand what things we don't know about each other because some of the inf information we've had to deal with were fed to us for the wrong reason, just to keep us apart. And that has really impacted how we work, how we trust, and how we relate with each other. Because they give us the impression that Africans sold Black Americans or the other Africans into slavery. And they now come and tell us that uh, the uh, Black American hates us because they feel uh, we're, we're, we're messed up. We don't, we don't have no capacity to live as human beings. But those are all lies because they want to divide and rule so they can continue to keep us apart and we can never bring out that synergy to be able to create our own work, create our own communities and ensure that we can look out for each other. So it's not messed up and uh, don't forget 400 years is not 400 months, it's not 400 weeks, it's 400 years where the black folks were denied even the right to read, you denied, the, apart from reading the Bible, you denied your, your, your name, you denied 
to eat what you your ancestors were eating so automatically their, their genetic composition has been distorted in a way that you cannot blame them for for thinking the way they think so i thank you guys for for being part of this brief interaction this show runs every sunday same time and i look forward to having you guys okay. again i have my other, so have a nice day and i have my other partner on the line mr professor kosi apparently he's only on a listening mode which is pretty cool i thank you guys for being part of this discussion i look forward to having you guys any day again on the show this is one on one with king coco show that runs on t25cl.com i appreciate all your contributions and your material is available for download on t25cl platform so bush my man uh let's talk about what's all on right, the table i have right, a major program all right my brother thank you very much yes yeah, so man. my facebook brothers thank you very much for being part of the show